You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello there, what it do, how are you, and welcome to episode 46 of Above the Nest with Rachel, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. It's a great day to talk football, that is Eagles football of course, and I'm your host Rachel Prevet, getting you hip very quick to what's happening. On Monday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles announced that they signed free agent wide receiver Zach Paschal to a one-year contract. The one-year deal is worth $1.5 million, and it reunites Paschal with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, who was his offensive coordinator during some of his best years with the Indianapolis Colts. I reached out to Zach Hicks, who is the lead analyst for Sports Illustrated's Horseshoe Huddle, covering the Colts, and I asked him why Eagles fans should be excited about this move and the impact that the veteran wide receiver will have on younger wide receivers on the roster like Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. Take a listen. So we all know that head coach Nick Sariani is super excited about having wide receiver Zach Pascoe join the Philadelphia Eagles roster, but should Eagles fans be excited about this recent move? Yeah, of course. I mean, Zach Pascal has been a guy for, you know, the last three or four years with the Colts has been a really reliable member of this uh, receiver group. I mean, if you look just at 2019 and 2020, he was arguably the best and most productive receiver uh, on the Colts roster. Uh, and, and that's not really what, what his role was supposed to be. You know, he was supposed to be a wide receiver four, wide receiver five type and and kind of be more of a special teamer. Uh, but he kind of stepped up to the plate in those two seasons and and really developed as a player. And that's that's all you can really ask out of a player, especially out of an undrafted free agent. Uh, Zach Pascal just did everything asked of him. Great blocker, great receiver, uh, awesome person to talk to. I've been able to interview him a couple times. Uh, really like oh shucks type person. Uh, I think Eagles fans are going to really love everything about Zach Pascal. I know I know Colts fans kind of soured on him just because. Again, this this was a wide receiver four, wide receiver five guy that was pushed up to be a top target, you know, and, and he may not be that kind of guy. But if you're just looking at everything that he brings to a locker room, brings to a team, uh, I think fans are going to love this guy. He's definitely going to bring that veteran presence because the wide receivers in Philly currently are very, very young. So what type of impact? You talked about his character a little bit too, but both on the field and off the field, what type of impact do you think he'll have in the wide receiver room? Oh, it'll be a big time impact. Uh, You know, I I talked to a really young receiver who is an undrafted free agent uh, with the Colts and Ashton Doolin. I talked to him a couple of times and, and, you know, Zach Pascal kind of has that, that kind of mentor philosophy when it comes to those younger players like an Ashton Doolin, where it's like undrafted free agent, you got to show these guys the ropes on how to make it because it's very, you know, you have a very, very small chance to make it in the NFL regardless. 
but when you're like an undrafted free agent or a late round pick, uh, those guys, they, they just have even smaller chances. So Zach Pascal is a guy who has bounced around a couple of times. You know, he started in Washington, uh, went to Tennessee for a year and then came to Indy and then, you know, his role con continually got bigger and bigger. Uh, so he has that kind of experience and he kind of has that, that hard work uh, mentality where, you know, he, he can show these guys exactly how to be a real pro. Uh, I don't know if that's an issue with Eagles receivers whatsoever or anything like that, but uh, it, it's always great to have a player like that in your locker room, a guy who has kind of been through the ringer in the NFL and, and like all undrafted free agents are uh, and, and has grown to the point where he's been a leading receiver in the wide receiver room. So uh, having a guy like that in the locker room is, is going to do wonders for a young receiver group like the Eagles. What would you say are some of his weaknesses and what would you also say you think his ceiling is? Yeah. So ceiling wise, I mean, we probably saw it in like 2019, 2020 with the Colts. I mean, he had 600 yards, I think both those seasons uh, kind of as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three guy. Uh, but I think ideally you wouldn't want to have him in that role. You know, I think as a wide receiver four type, who can play in the slot, he can play out at X, maybe even a little bit at Z. Uh, you know, he can kind of bounce around a little bit and play every position uh, and also do a lot of things on special teams. But when we're talking weaknesses, you know, he's kind of one of those guys where he can do a little bit of it all, but he's not going to do any of it at a really high level outside of blocking. He's going to be a great blocker, outstanding blocker. Uh, but if you're looking for a burner over the top, it's not Zach Pascal. If you're looking for an elite route runner, it's not Zach Pascal. Uh, but if you're looking at a guy who is very solid in all those categories, along with being a special teamer and a high level blocker. Uh, that's what you're getting out of him. So, I mean, ceiling wise, I mean, you're probably talking wide receiver three in this room. You know, you don't want him leading your team in receiving yards. So you'll get what the Colts had in 2019. Uh, you, you want him to kind of be, you know, just kind of that auxiliary option, you know, a guy who's kind of that third or fourth guy who can kind of step in whenever uh, you need that extra role player. Uh, but he's a high level role player. And I, I think that's a great ceiling for him. And I think that's the, the role he's kind of carved out uh, in the NFL. And last question, I want to touch about um, Carson Wentz just a little bit. How do you think like <laughs> that, that relationship was? Do you think that it helped or hurt him? And, you know, coming to the situation at Philly, he's going to be working with Jalen Hurts, who was a complete opposite. But what do you think that relationship was like with Carson Wentz? <sighs> I, I don't know. The Carson Wentz fit was just tough in Indy last year. Uh, you know, for an offense that's so predicated on timing and and kind of quick releases and getting the ball where it needs to be, uh, that's just not really what Carson Wentz is. And, and we kind of saw, as a result, Zach Pascal, who, again, had two really solid years in 2019 and 2020, uh, probably had his worst year uh, with the Colts uh, this past season. Uh, some of it's on him. You know, he had some some struggles and some issues, but I do think that chemistry and, and, and stuff like that really wasn't there. Uh, I would say like a similar kind of thing would be looking back at 2019, looking at Jacoby Brissett and how Zach Pascal kind of, you know, had that chemistry with a guy like Jacoby Brissett. Now, obviously I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett, but uh, that kind of chemistry and kind of the success he had with Jacoby, I think would be kind of a good measuring stick to see how he's going to relate with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think those two are going to get along really well. Uh, and ha again, having a player like that as your wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, uh, that has that chemistry with the quarterback, I, I think it's going to do wonders for that offense. I mean, as much as Nick Sirianni talks about him, I'm excited to see the impact that he's going to have. But yes, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, Zach. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, anytime. 
you can listen to Zach Pascal's introductory presser on the most recent At the Podium episode on the BGN podcast feed. On Thursday afternoon, Eagles' newest pass rusher, Hassan Reddick, revealed his new jersey number. This season, he will be rocking number seven, which is actually the same number that he wore in his senior season at Temple. And earlier this week, he took to Twitter to ask for suggestions, saying, quote, need all my Eagles fans to tap in. Which number should I go with? Hashtag fly Eagles fly, end quote. And a lot of fans commented number seven. Fun fact, he is the first Eagles defender to ever wear number seven. On Thursday, the Eagles re-signed a free agent defensive end, Derek Barnett, to a two-year contract. And my immediate reaction was, boo. Like, why? Somebody please, please tell me why. It doesn't make any sense. I just knew when this season, this past season ended, I knew that they were going to let him go this offseason because of his lack of production, right? But I guess the joke's on me because he's coming back. He started in 15 games last season and only had two sacks. And don't even get me started on the penalties. He is the penalty king. Every game, it was super, super frustrating to watch because it was literally always him. In 64 career games, he's committed 25 penalties, including 10 personal fouls. The 25-year-old has recorded 21.5 sacks in 76 QB hits during five seasons in Philadelphia. And don't get me wrong, earlier in his career, he was a significant role as a pass, like he played a significant role as a pass rusher, especially on the Super Bowl team when he was a rookie. And you would think that he would continue to get better and better and better each and every year with more experience, right? But we have yet to see it. It's like he's going downhill. We just can't with the penalties. I just can't. The Eagles definitely did not read the room with this one. And we actually did a poll on the BGN website asking Derek Barnett, stay or go? And 94% of the votes said go. Only 6% of the votes said stay. So that tells you right there, the majority of the fans are probably, not probably, are not thrilled by this, period. But let's end things on a high note. Eagles star offensive tackle Jordan Mailata can do it all. On Wednesday night's episode of The Masked Singer, he was unveiled as the man inside the thingamabob costume, and he tweeted, quote, Now you know it was me behind the thingamabob mask. What a journey, end quote. That is so cool. Like this whole opportunity, the entire experience, I'm pretty sure was like a once-in-the-lifetime opportunity. Who can say that they were on the Masked Singer? Like that is so cool. Not only is he a professional athlete, but he also has the voice of an angel. Like talk about being gifted. I'm jealous. <laughs> but for anybody that's worried about Mylotta getting a big break, right, and becoming an artist, just a reminder, he signed a four-year extension during the 2021 season that runs through 2025, so he won't be going anywhere anytime soon. But that is going to be a wrap on episode 46 of Above the Nest with Rachelle. Like always, don't forget to tap into all of the BGN content on the feed. And also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Bleeding Green Insta and follow us on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. And you might as well stop what you're doing and subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? 
And also follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter at Rachel Monique. But as always, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. I am so very grateful for all of you guys and gals. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend and we out! P-G-N.